The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. Is there a way to like mute myself? To mute yourself? Um, it depends on if you're... Oh, I just did it. I figured oh. it out. You click the microphone. I'm just thinking yeah. if I need to like hack up a lung briefly, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can mute myself and then you don't have editing issues. Oh, well, I'm going to edit it anyway. <laughs> yeah, but if you're in like the middle of a sentence and I'm dying in the background, like you can't cut that out very easily, can you? Yeah. Oh, well then fuck Yeah, because I get different, <laughs> we each have our own tracks, so. Oh, see, I, I know can... nothing about these things. I just yeah. show up for them. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, it's easy for you then. It's <laughs> Oh, it so is. I don't it's, I couldn't do what you do and set it and forget it. Mm-hmm. And my brother in law um does a podcast too. All right. And so he was working on all the post stuff and I was like, and this is why I just show up to other people's stuff. Like okay. everyone keeps telling me, Deb, you need a podcast and tell all your like crazy life stories. I'm like, that's too much work. Just have somebody ask me questions and I'll answer them. <laughs> And just hold court for uh, for students for extra credit or something. <laughs> right? Did I ever tell you about the time? Oh, no. oh, I had so much fun as a substitute because I was a sub for five years before teaching, like while I was finishing my degree and credentials and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's exactly what I would do. <laughs> like, I'd be all, okay, <laughs> let's um, blow through this worksheet as fast as possible and then let's tell stories. <laughs> wow. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 9 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Paloma. Each episode, I go track by track with a guest through every album, soundtrack, single, and b-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon. Today, talking with guest Deb McMurtry, coming back to the show. Hello. Hello. And we are talking about the single or the the song Sleepless Nights from the 2002 fan club single, uh, Song Sleepless Nights. Did I say that already? I can't remember. I think you did. And that's okay, because you know why? It's the song Sleepless Nights, and that's what everybody needs to know. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it uh, was recorded live at the February 26th, 2002 Recording Artists Coalition Benefits. Oh, I tried to say that yep. all in one breath. <laughs> Concert for Artist Rights. That's what we always called it. Oh, okay. Oh, or the, that, R- the RAC benefit. Yeah, that was the the uh, yeah the organization or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The concert had mm-hmm. the name. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it was a complicated title <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Let's see, he uh, did the song with Beck and also, uh, I believe, Mike Ness pop in and out for a couple of songs and stuff. And Ed had his own solo set. Yeah, it was very collaborative. So Eddie Vedder, Beck and Mike Ness were like on the bill. Um, But then Ed showed up for a lot of songs with Beck. And then um, Beck actually brought out Tom York for a Velvet Underground cover as well. Oh, yeah. I think I said there was... So that was a fun little surprise. A, some pictures on on uh, Facebook or Twitter or something like that mm-hmm. earlier when we were recording mm-hmm. this. Yes. Um, let's see. The song was written by Felice Bryant and Diodorius Bordelot Bryant, uh, a country and pop song writing team. 
They wrote the song for the... The Everly Brothers. Yep, the Everly Brothers. Which is one of my mom's absolute favorite groups of all time. She's a she's a singer as well, and she's a sucker for harmony, just like I am. And so I grew up listening to the Everly Brothers. And it's interesting because I actually, we were over there, we go over there every Friday night. And I asked her last night, I said, we call her Minna, because that's just her new name, Minna. So I was like, I go, uh, Mena, do you know the song Sleepless Nights? And she's like, I don't think I do. And then she was tripping because she didn't know the song. And that's like one of her favorite groups. And we found out it was um, on their first record from 1960. And so then she was bummed that she didn't know it. And then I played her Ed and Beck. And she was like, oh, their voices are beautiful together. It was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep, they are. Yep, the, uh, the 1960 album, It's Everly Time. Through the sleepless nights, I cry for you. And wonder who is kissing. When Ed is, right before he plays the song, uh, you hear it on the single, he says uh, that Beck picked this song out. It's an Everly Brothers song. All right, here's one that uh, Beck picked out. It's an Everly Brothers song, and wherever they are tonight, I hope when this is played, they get to publish. Which, uh, what about the songwriters? They, well, they know the Everly Brothers and that's uh, that is a good question. When you have songwriters that that's their profession, because I don't think the people that wrote it were recording artists. I think that was just their job was to write songs for other people. Then who does that song belong to at that point? Yeah, it's 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 all it all it's all dependent on the contracts and what you sign when mm-hmm. you sign your life away or whatever when you're. When you're doing that sort of stuff. <laughs> you sign your life away. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, you know. Uh, yes. I mean, yes. Yes. I have a friend in a band, and when they broke up, there was a lot of who owns what complications yeah. going down. And I was like, have fun. <laughs> Sounds complicated. Yes, if, you, if, you, if you don't know the, uh, the Bryants, uh, they also wrote such songs as uh, Wake Up Little Susie. Oh, did they? But that yes, was... and also... Was that also sung by the Everly Brothers? Yes, it was. Oh, that was my grandma's favorite song, my mom's <laughs> mom. And I remember driving through the desert listening to that song on the radio with her. That's so cute. Sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's fine. And, and, and also the song Love Hurts. Really? Which uh, Nazareth really? popularized uh, later on. Lots yeah. of sad, heartbreaky songs. <laughs> well, you know, that's kind of... The way stuff was, I mean, this is this is also the time of uh, of Last Kiss, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's that's for another episode. <laughs> we're not talking about that one yet. <laughs> no, no, we're talking. No, we got uh, it's 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 months months away months away once we get in the Lost Dogs. Let's see. Uh, Ed has also performed this song. Uh, it's available on his ukulele songs uh, solo album. He does that song with Glenn Hansard. Sleepless nights I cry for you And wonder Who 
back at a completely different time also that was probably one of my tabs that closed <laughs> um you had honest, one job honestly, you had though. several jobs <laughs> i know and then the computer updates because i know when you look it up in your in your pj20 book it has a uh, an entry for the um rac show and then there's also a note for the for the fan club single being released it doesn't make the connection between those two, though. It says, like, oh, it was recorded at the RAC Benefit concert. But in the entry for that, it doesn't say anything about, like, oh, he performed Sleepless Nights with Beck as well. It just says some of the other uh, songs that he and Mike Ness did. Interesting. That's super interesting. That's really weird that they wouldn't have those connected because that's a pretty thorough, like, resource right there. I did just look up that uh, Ed and Beck did it sang the song together again at bridge school in 2011 yeah 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 so i'm glad my memory did not fail and you know it's <laughs> super interesting i mean i felt like such a badass for like four years because the 2000 2001 2002 and 2003 fan club singles mm -hmm. all had songs recorded at shows i was at oh cool isn't that crazy so the 2000 Crown of Thorns and Can't Help Falling in Love from the Vegas 2000 show. And then 2001 had Last Soldier and Indifference from Bridge. And there was actually two records that year. So it was just the first record. The other one was yeah. Jeff and Give Me Some Truth from Seattle. But And then the 2002 had Sleepless Nights from that Will Turn show, which was a crazy, crazy show. And then 2003 had reached down and I believe in miracles from the Santa Barbara Bowl. So that was a really good run of records to have. Like, oh, I was there. Oh, I was there too. Oh, I was there too. Um, <laughs> that benefit concert that, you know, this recording is from, I don't even remember how I heard about it, but the Wiltern isn't a super huge venue. And back then they still had the seats on the floor before they ripped them out and made it GA, which I'm mad at. But there were so many famous people there that night. It was bizarre. Like we luckily got like seventh row and we walk in and there's like Fiona Apple and Tony Hawk and Juliette Lewis and Giovanni Ribisi. And we're like, what are we walking into right now? This is so <laughs> bizarre. Um, and then it was very, very strange because right before Beck came on, the entire row behind us, it was me and uh, my boyfriend at the time and, and his brother, which I think this was like his first concert or something that he had ever been to. We took him to his first concert. And so the whole row, behind us like empties out and then like this whole new row of people huh. files in and we're like what is happening and like we turn around and um josh the older brother is into all 1940s stuff so he was dressed like a 1940s guy and then this cute little hispanic accent says i like your hat 
And we turn around and it's Penelope Cruz and Tom Cruise. Oh, wow. Directly behind us. And we were just like, oh, my gosh, is this like a Scientology thing? Because, you know. Well, yeah, Giovanni Ribisi is, said too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Giovanni Ribisi. Beck is married to Giovanni oh, yeah, Ribisi's sister. Yeah, and Beck, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So then I was like, so Beck and Tom Cruise must be friends because of Scientology. But that's been one of my favorite like things ever. It's like, how much did Tom Cruise pay for those tickets? And then, you know, me and my boyfriend just went and sat outside the warehouse and actually got tickets. And I'm like, <laughs> I had better seats than Tom Cruise. <laughs> In your face, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Did you have did you have to uh, uh, scrunch down a little bit so you could see? Fuck that! I got I got the seats. I got you. Got the seats. You got that. It's not my problem. If you can't see that, whatever. Stand up. That's on you. <laughs> but it was a really fun show. It was a it, there were a lot of surprises, a lot of duets. Um, you know, even like I said, the surprise of Tom York coming out. Ed had his mohawk. Those were the mohawk days that he said he wasn't going to shave until the war was over. And of course that didn't last, but it it felt just so intimate and organic. And it was literally like a bunch of friends playing on a stage that we kind of got to peek into. It was lovely. And that song is just so sad. Like if you read the lyrics, I mean, the song sounds sad anyways, but if you read the lyrics, it's just, ugh, it's heartbreaking. Like it has very like comeback feel to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he even says at one point, I keep hoping you'll come back to me. And I'm like, that's so sad. Why'd she leave? I'm going to beat her up. <laughs> keep hoping you'll come back to me. Oh, let it be. Please let it be. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, I, th- I think like sort of the age of like the writing songs for teenager sort of thing. You know, unrequited love. You know, there's there's the girl you're sweet on or whatever mm-hmm. who you know you you ask to the malt shop and uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's totally what it is. Or the sock. Hop. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> And she says no. <laughs> or you, I don't know, you're just you're just waiting over the weekend to see him again because, you know, you can't drive yet or Pops has the car or... <laughs> Pops won't <laughs> let you borrow the truck. <laughs> exactly. Well, and also, I mean, when you have... When you have two singers that, you know, are harmonizing and obviously their voices blend because they're related, they're literally brothers, like that format lends itself to like sadder songs. Like you're not going to like hear a bop where you have all these like crooning, smooth voices doing gorgeous harmonies like it is just going to kind of drip with sadness or emotion of some kind. And it is it is a really good song. It's simple. There's not a whole lot of words. It's not there's not a lot of complication within like the logistics of the music, like the way it's structured. But like it's still a really good song that can stand on its own. And most good songs, at least for my personal taste, usually are the sad songs, because like that's where I always feel like the best art is born out of is sadness or anger, you know, an emotion or a situation that you're trying to escape. Like nobody is like 
I'm really fucking happy. I'm going to stop doing what is making me happy and go write a song about it. <laughs> like that's not, <laughs> that's not usually how it works. <laughs> so I could see this being, I really want to search the Bryant people and like really see if they were okay. We might have been going no, yeah. It, 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 like I said, it was just, you know, the, the time. Cause I mean, they were uh, married for a long time. Maybe he was out catting around. Yeah, possibly. He's, he's, or she, or she was. Why does it have to be the guy? Sounds French. It could be her. They, you, know how they, you know how they are. I mean, Pepe Le Pew. I mean, no. <laughs> See? Well, that's another thing. Is this like a, is this a stalking song where she says no and he's like, oh, woe is me, my love. I'm still going to chase you even though you've denied me. Mm, well, Pepe, it doesn't really sound like, like chasing. It sounds more kind of. That's true. That's true. It would be maybe after this heartbreak processes, then he's going to go full stalker. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, it's it's done pretty. I don't know about like, I mean, the instrumentation isn't the same, but I mean, the style is pretty faithful to the original. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it still has like the same key changes and the same you know, minor shifts and all of that. It's not it's not like where you take I believe in miracles and you slow it way down. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, not yeah. a it's not a very unique interpretation of it. But again, it is a very simple classic song. I don't know that you would really need to do that much to it. Yeah, I think it's 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 a pretty good look into probably what he was what he heard when he was a kid from his like parents playing or something like that probably too or I don't know, just maybe something that helps to form an artist or whatever just from what you hear in the past exactly if it's something that was you know played often in your house then it sticks with you i still remember you know my my parents had a bunch of records none of them were like rock and roll records i had to find all that on my own but there was one record that they actually it was called rock and roll record and it Uh had like palisades park on it and born to be wild like that was as that was as racy and rock and roll as my parents (laughs) ever owned but like i still remember that whole record and i remember vividly the yellow velvet room like and what it looked like and how the light would stream in and you know what the record needle sounded like when i accidentally made it skip and you know (laughs) you're so you're so impressionable as a kid at those you know young ages that it does make sense that that a song released you know in the 60s which is when he was born you know would leave a mark and you would want to revisit that yeah, so I think that's um, pretty much it, right? <laughs> I think so. About the song, yeah. Haven't met the Everly uh, Brothers, haven't met Ed, almost met Ed, but I've met Beck a couple times. Oh, really? Just that's, seeing shows? or mm-hmm. Yeah, that is definitely the benefit of living in the sort of LA-ish area is a lot of stuff happens and there's a lot of people all over the place. Yeah. Especially too, I think if like you know like where the spots are and stuff like that. Well, yeah, and it's never been like I mean maybe you know we've seen a few people at Amoeba Records or like when Meltdown Comics was still open we'd you know see people occasionally there too but it was mostly just like it shows like we went and saw Smashing Pumpkins at uh, Universal Amphitheater and Dave Grohl is like two rows in front of me and I'm like oh hello (laughs) no big deal (laughs) I mean it was a very big deal but you play it off like it's not so just. You know, musicians being out and about and fun stuff. I mean, who who walks into an Eddie Vedder Beck Mike Ness show and is like, oh, I'm going to meet Tom Cruise, Tony Hawk and Juliette Lewis and Fiona Apple. Like, that's just so bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> Only in L.A. 
thanks for coming on. Um, we, we've, I've talked to you quite a bit. So, uh, one thing I, I, I don't know about you though, is, uh, how do you rank the, uh, the Pearl Jam albums? Oh my goodness. Let me tell you, this was a task trying to figure out where I rank the Pearl Jam record. It was a struggle. It was hard for me to do. But I mean, we can go least to greatest, least yes, favorite. You have to, to start. You have to start from the bottom because as as the numbers get smaller, the hits get bigger. <laughs> or do they? No, I'm just kidding. No, um, they do. That's that's what Casey Kasem says. Oh, is it? Yeah, he said he's, he's said that before. I've looked and looked and looked for a clip of him saying that, but I know he says that. Well. I'm going to be on the clip hunt too now. Or said that. I want to hear I want to hear that in his Casey Kasem voice. That would be yeah, so he great. Just, he, he, <laughs> yeah, he does a, uh, uh, you know, keep your feet on the ground and keep the reaching stars. for the that. <laughs> he does that, but. That's so great. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So uh, least favorite album, Backspacer. I don't know if that's even like the cliche answer. It feels like the cliche <laughs> answer, but I, I literally, okay. 2009 was a weird year for me anyway. So that kind of plays into it, but I literally listened to zero songs from that record. Zero. There's not one song that I'll be like, Oh, I need to listen to that song again. Just breathe. I hate that song oh. so much. It is not even funny. I cannot stand that song. It, I just, I can't. Same with like the end. I can't. I know the unpopular opinion. I know people hate me now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I get why other people like it. I do. And it's very like lovey and sentimental. I get I get it. But I just I can't. I don't. Mm -mm, does not resonate with me whatsoever. If anything, it repels. Me. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, it's like, OK, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. Interview's <laughs> over now, huh? <laughs> I know. Well, uh, next one. Okay. So my number 11, which is, you'll see why that's there. Anyways, um, next one is Gigaton. Mostly mm -hmm. because I always need to see the album live to like get all the facets of it. And then just with the weirdness of, you know, all the quarantine and lockdown and then like the Fiona Ab Apple record came out at the same time. And that kind of took some of the spotlight from Gigaton for me. So I need to see it live. I think it might move up the list after that. And then uh, Lightning Bolt, which there's a lot of songs on there I like, but still less songs than I like from most of the other mm -hmm. albums. And it's the last tour I saw. Um, they kind of go in order a little bit for a while. Next one is just Pearl Jam, the Avocado record, which was... I had my son and then my friend brought that album to the hospital because it was released the same time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yay, my kid and... Pearl Jam record <laughs> and a tool record, actually, 10,000 days. So I had all kinds of gifts on the evening of the first. And then eight, I have Riot Act, which I mean, ugh, 2003 was a good year. That was a good tour year for me. That was a good like independence year for me personally. Mm -hmm. I mean, Save You, Bush Leaguer, You Are, I Love You Are. That was my favorite when I first heard it. All or None, obviously, is one of my absolute favorites, but it's still like a half and half. And the next two, I kept flip-flopping, like which one was better than the other one. And I, I actually changed my initial opinion. So I think my next favorite would be Yield, um, which I was expecting to rank higher. But then once I was actually like getting into it, I was like, yeah, it's there. Number six, Binaural. I just, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, Then Verses. Then 10, 
then Vitology, then No Code, and then my absolute first, which I'm loopholing and I know isn't a studio album proper, but Merkin Ball is my 100% most favorite thing that they've ever released. It's perfect, 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 perfect. Well, it's hard to get two songs wrong. <laughs> it's it's hard to get two songs that perfect and like different feels like they're perfect a side b side i mean it's the first thing that was released after the first time i saw them live and hearing like i got shit and long road on the red rocks tape trade circuit and uh, it just was perfect so i guess technically and i'm actually wearing the hoodie of it right now i didn't even really realize <laughs> that um no code would be my favorite pearl jam record yeah it's a it's a, you got a nice uh Sort of like, okay, I know where this is going. And then you, and then it, uh, and then it I have a plot around. twist. Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> that was a, that was a fun exercise trying to figure that out though. Cause then I'm like, why would I put that there? What songs are on there? This is going to go here cause it's classic and sentimental. This one, I just love the overall packaging and the timing of when it was released. Like I went deep in my brain for this one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's a lot of uh, you. You were looking at like the whole sort of everything associated with the with the record and everything like that, not just the songs. You Correct. Know, you know, you Correct. That. Yeah, I couldn't just look at like the track list and the the quality of the musicianship or lyricism or whatever. It was like I'm ranking. I would maybe I should have let off with that too. Is I'm not ranking Pearl Jam's <laughs> best. Okay, let me no, re-edit no, no. this. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm not ranking what I as. I have no credentials to be to critique it, but I'm not saying what I think their best work is. I'm saying what my favorite, what I think for me is my yeah, favorite. Yeah. yeah, that's all this is. Just a little fun. It's just opinion. Don't hate me for not yeah. liking just And breathe. it'll probably change, you know, everything. <laughs> Stuff like this changes. People get a little bit old and like, oh, you know what? Oh, I'm yeah. Flip these I'd... two albums around here. That's. I haven't heard this in a long time. And it's like, right. Oh, I was going back and, and forth. And then, you know, you forget it. It's like, ew, why did I move this here? Uh, no. Right, right. <laughs> well, and I was struggling too, because then I, I kept flipping Yield and Binaural. And I at first had those like above 10 in verses, but I'm like, but it's 10. Like, <laughs> that's the first thing mm -hmm. you ever heard. And that's what you like played to death. And that like how, I, then I felt guilty. Like, how can that not be number one? But then thinking like, okay, but how has it stood the test of time and what songs do I find myself going back and listening to? What songs am I still getting excited about popping up on the set list live? Yeah. <laughs> which I haven't seen them in forever. So <laughs> at Ohana, which ones will I be excited that they're playing again? So yeah, I, I looked at it from a bunch of different angles. Do you prefer the, um, the original or the Redux Oh, version. only the originals. Oh. Only, only ever. Because listen, especially with 10, especially with 10, I knew every breath, every stutter step, every sound, every feedback, every someone said something in the background, like I have that thing committed to memory because I would just listen to it nonstop. And like I get when people, you know, they want to remaster it or have somebody else put their spin on it. And, you know, a lot of times the band members like this other version better, but it's like the... Maybe, maybe on the technical critical level, it might be better, but this is the one that I know. This is mm -hmm. the one that I love. This is the one I'm familiar with. Like actually the, um, wow, Fiona Apple's coming up a lot today, but the Fiona, the Fiona <laughs> Apple record, um, extraordinary machine. I have a friend that got an advanced copy of it. Mm-hmm. 
we'll say <laughs> above board. Um, when when it was the the John Bryan version producing it, and so I was listening to that for months and then when she came out with the actual record which i don't remember who it was produced by but it was not john bryan and the song sounded different i'm like what did she do this is so wrong because you know what you hear first is that becomes the standard Mm -hmm. so kind of the same with the originals and re whatever however you pronounce that with the x (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for coming on and uh chatting and absolutely i love doing this it's so fun yeah, and uh, we'll 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 hear you a little bit later in other episodes and mm-hmm. and 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 all that. Yay! Thank you for having me. The Better Brand Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Plomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 4.0 license. Please visit CreativeCommons.org or email ListenUpReno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by their respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at betterbandpod. I'm on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you'd like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Deb and as always, this is Brandon saying, ah yes, sitting, the great leveler. From the mightiest pharaoh to the lowliest peasant, who doesn't enjoy a good sit?